This is District Sentinel Radio, the newscast of record for the left. I'm Sam Sachs. I am Sam Knight. We're broadcasting out of Terry's used knife and sword emporium here in Pistown, Washington, D.C. Check out the website, districtsentinel.com. Check out the Patreon, patreon.com slash districtsentinel. We've got a we've got a big event coming up Friday, don't we, Sam? Yeah, yeah, we're hitting the road. We're going to Columbus. We're going to uh, hang out with the Street Fight guys, Jake Flores. It's the uh, Street Fight Variety Show. Variety Show. Yeah, I had a big brain fart there. The Street Fight Variety Show, and uh, it's gonna be awesome. It's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, get your tickets at the Street Fight store online. I think they're 15 bucks, or you can probably talk to the guys if you can't afford that. Uh, they're pretty sweet dudes. So um, come and see us. We want to see you. Come in, Yeah, come and see us. I know uh, Ohio is a big state, but you should you should drive there. <laughs> I mean, if you're in not just Ohio. Yeah, if, if you're in West Virginia, if you're in Pennsylvania, it's a lot of... A lot of a lot of nearby states. Indiana. Indiana. Yeah, I'm not even thinking about the other side. That's too far away for me to even consider. Our our, uh, our Chicago friends may even want to make the trip. Isn't Columbus sort of halfway between Chicago and D.C.? Yeah. Ish. Sure. <laughs> I'm, I'm really bad on Midwest geography. I guess this is where my coastal elitism yeah. is really showing here. And, and I'm, just, I'm just assuming if you live anywhere... Uh, between Missouri and Buffalo, New York. Look, it's on a Friday night. Make a weekend out of it. You know, right. Make a weekend out of it. Stay in Columbus. Uh, it'll be fun. We'll be with the Street Fight guys, Jake Flores. Uh, I think there's going to be music, live music. It's at a cool bar venue that we'll just be partying at afterwards. So I'm excited about it. Sam's excited about it. Come, Come join us. Uh, less exciting impeachment stuff going on right now. It's just getting started. Not much news to really focus on on the newscast today. Um, we've seen an attempt by Mitch McConnell with his rules package to push these proceedings until late night. Uh, he's allotted 24 hours of arguments, opening arguments to take place over the course of two days. For some reason, he's chosen two days, which means in considering that this isn't going to start till one, you could have arguments going until 1 a.m. I guess McConnell banking on the fact that people will be uh, asleep or watching crime dramas or something uh, around that time. Also, McConnell has set the rules so that uh, there can't be any evidence or witnesses uh, called until after opening arguments until a vote is had after these initial proceedings. Um, McConnell making the case on the floor of the Senate earlier today uh, that he doesn't want any witnesses or evidence to be brought into this, any new witnesses or evidence to be brought into the Senate trial, saying that doing so uh, would mean that the House didn't do their job investigating the matter and that the Senate shouldn't be doing the work of the House investigating these issues, and it could set a precedent where the House just sends over half-baked impeachments to the Senate, expecting the Senate to finish the work. And it's like, okay, but what if 
what if a president is still doing crimes after the impeachment articles are sent? Uh, should the Senate just ignore them? Pretty, pretty uh, incredulous arguments McConnell's making uh, <clears throat> heading into the first full day of impeachment. What we're seeing here, and stop me if this is too much confirmation bias, but we're just seeing how the U.S. Constitution sucks. It's a uh, sh- I have that bias as well, so I'm not the person <laughs> to stop you. Well, I mean, it, it it's just an obscene uh, uh, scenario we've got here where we obviously have a lackey of the president in Congress uh, doing everything he can to make sure that uh, checks and balances are uh, is just going through the motions or whatever. And, you know, not really a surprise. The Constitution isn't up for this moment. We saw uh, the country go to a civil fucking war like 80 years after the Constitution was first uh, ratified by everyone. Less than that, 70 years. And uh, it's, it's just no good. It's not a good document. We need to stop venerating the founding fathers. I mean, I'm sure that no one who listens to this show... Uh, does that but just try pushing back a little harder on people who are like who who, who venerate the founding fathers and and you don't necessarily have to go with the obvious thing which you know you should still go with anyway which is they're all uh slave owning aristocrats whatever and fuck them but you know try try a little bit of a more technocratic argument and and say that the constitution failed like 70 years after it was first ratified and it's just been failing ever since (laughs) no argument from over here all the senators are uh, here in dc uh, awaiting the trial that means bernie is off the campaign trail he's here he's talking to reporters uh, eagerly talking to reporters um sam and i were speculating he just can't wait to be asked about uh, hillary clinton's uh, attack against him Jesus Christ! Uh, Hillary Clinton still not over 2016 going on the attack claiming nobody likes Sanders just really went off on a screed against Sanders in some interview or documentary coming out I don't even know I feel but. like there have been times in my life where I have uh, told people that nobody likes them and then deep down I know that that is absolutely false and i am coming from a place of just obscene desperation yeah he's he's the most well-liked politician out there bernie (laughs) sanders uh hillary clinton the second most unpopular politician to ever run for president she would know uh, something about nobody liking her of course she's made tons of friends in congress on capitol hill that's her only standard by who likes you and who doesn't like you Capitol Hill, an institution that regularly polls in single-digit approval ratings. She w- she would also know about trying to ruin uh, a nominee because what, like twenty-five percent of her supporters in two thousand and eight supported John McCain. And of course, she was asked, "Would she support Bernie Sanders if he was the nominee?" And she refused to commit to that, saying, "Let's not go there yet." <laughs> Which I, I think Bernie should. Well, not now, but if he does uh, get the nominee, and he shouldn't make a show of it, but he should quietly be like, Hillary, I just want you to say nothing. I just want you to go back to your uh, your cabin retreat 
That looked nice. Honestly, I kind of am envious of Hillary Clinton. All the free time she has right now to be at her cabin retreat. Why she? Why is she not there right now? Further yeah. casting questions about her judgment. Every time Hillary Clinton attacks Bernie Sanders, it opens up the rest of us Sanders supporters to say what we've wanted to say for a long time. And that it was a bad fucking idea for Bernie to endorse Hillary Clinton in 2016. Weakness, weakness. <laughs> weakness. He he got behind a loser, and it was a mistake. And this is the thanks he gets. And by the way, a, a, a tangential to that, we just saw Bernie apologize for an email sent out by his campaign. Don't do it. Never it, apologize. D- don't apologize, especially because Joe Biden is corrupt as hell. Never apologize, especially to Joe Biden. He, his, <laughs> they're, they're coming to arrest Joe Biden right now for all his corruption. No, but uh, maybe he's trying to to keep his 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 nose clean or has been since 2008, when he asked his son to stop lobbying because he realized how problematic it was. And mind you, this is two years after his son at the age of like 28 got elevated to a senior position at a credit card company, MNBA, I think it is. There, There are a lot of letters in there. I think I got that right. But anyway... The point is, is that Joe Biden's son got a plum senior job at a credit card company while his dad was rewriting bankruptcy law to benefit credit card companies and creditors in general. And it has contributed to the fucking student debt crisis, which Bernie talks about so much. So, yes, yes, you have to call Joe Biden corrupt. Yeah, and I I understand that Bernie's going up against... Uh, an avalanche of dishonest press and anytime he attacks Biden it's going to be hard to make it land because he's going to have the entire institutional media defending Biden on it but and I think the Sanders campaign has done a remarkable job so far and they're they've done they've run an excellent campaign but it is a bit of a problem that Joe Biden isn't constantly on the defense over his social security record that's right. That's right. And I admire Bernie for wanting to stay positive. Can't do it. Positivity only gets you so far because can't do it. you can't do it. There are voters out there who are probably on the fence who are thinking, I like Bernie. I like Biden, who probably uh, don't do a lot of research into you know deeper policy issues or whatever. They need this campaign to explain to them why Bernie is better than Biden. And Quite frankly, sometimes you just have to point out all the shitty stuff your opponent has done. Bernie should Part be of the running game. ads. Bernie has plenty of money. His campaign has money. There should be ads all over Iowa right now of Joe Biden. The numerous times Joe Biden has been on the floor of the Senate bragging about wanting to cut Social Security. Numerous times. But... Don't get me started on this, but right. the, the thing that he, that irks me the most is when liberals are like, we're trying to cut Social Security in order to save it. Because <laughs> right, that's what they're saying. That's their line. Biden wasn't trying to cut Social Security. He was trying to make it solvent. Well, uh, force them to make that argument again today. It won't work. All right. It's Tuesday, January 21st, 2020. Here's the news. Republicans have won their bid to avoid litigating Obamacare before the Supreme Court in an election year. 
Justices today declined a petition to hear an expedited appeal of an appellate circuit ruling, which opened up the law to new challenges. Congressional Democrats and DIM state attorneys general had made filings in support of the appeal. Briefings from the latter noted that Congress has been unable to repeal the law and decried uncertainty over the future of Obamacare, noting, quote, there is every reason for this court to review the case expeditiously. Republicans did fail to appeal the Affordable Care Act when they controlled Congress and the White House from 2017 to 2019, but Republicans did repeal a linchpin of the law. Tax reform in late 2017 nuked the penalty for not buying health insurance, the so-called individual mandate, and that's at the heart of the ongoing courtroom battle, which justices today said they wouldn't hear on an expedited basis. Note that it has been much harder for Republicans to use the courts and administrative rulemakings to fuck with universalist programs like Social Security and Medicare, something to consider as you hear liberal dipshits say that single-payer is unrealistic and that piecemeal technocratic programs actually work. Sticking with the Supreme Court, it has been known to side with businesses and bosses over workers and consumers. But there was an exception on Tuesday when the high court declined to hear an appeal from Facebook related to a lawsuit it's facing in Illinois over the improper use of facial recognition software. Fresh off of a $5 billion settlement with the Federal Trade Commission over repeated privacy violations, the social media giant is now dealing with a multi-billion dollar class action suit in Illinois, a state that has a sweeping biometric consent law that could subject Facebook to fines of $5,000 per violation. And we know there's a fuck ton of Facebook users, therefore could be a lot of violations. After appeals were denied before the Illinois State Supreme Court, the company hoped to defeat the lawsuit with an appeal to the corporate-friendly United States Supreme Court, but no such luck. Facebook had argued that plaintiffs in the case, essentially Facebook users, could not provide any real-world harms caused by Facebook mapping their faces. That argument was disputed at the state level, where appellate judges ruled that Facebook's facial mapping software deployed without consent, quote, invades an individual's private affairs and concrete interests, end quote. That would be cool as shit if this lawsuit bankrupted Facebook. Yeah. <laughs> That's all I got to say about that. Moving on. The Trump administration is moving forward with plans to relax rules on small arms exports by transferring authority from the State Department to the Department of Commerce. A preliminary version of proposed regulations were published today in the Federal Register. The state noted in its top priority, the U.S. doesn't care if it floods the world with guns as long as they're not fancier than U.S. military guns. The agency said it wants to, quote, better focus its resources on protecting those articles and technologies that provide the United States with a critical military or intelligence advantage. Firearms and firearms technology that are otherwise readily available do not provide such an advantage, the agency noted. Of course, the administration is denying that this is reckless. In filings today, the Commerce Department said, quote, this final rule does not deregulate the export of firearms. All firearms and major components being transferred will continue to require a U.S. government authorization, end of quote. Oh, well, that's reassuring. <laughs> Just the U.S. government. When, when have they ever tried to uh, uh, profit off of death before? <laughs> anyway, tell that argument to the lobbyist Commerce Department. 
Reuters noted on Friday that U.S. gun makers are expecting to increase foreign sales by 20%. That's according to an estimate from the National Shooting Sports Foundation. Doesn't sound like they're pro-gun control. Finally, in what's perhaps the most disturbing story of the day, it certainly appears as though immigration officers in the U.S. are targeting Iranians for deportation, including those who have a legal right to be here. Overnight, student Shahab Deghani was sent back to Iran, deported to Iran after being detained for days at Logan Airport in Boston. Deghani applied for a student visa back in 2018, and after extensive screening for a year, was provided with a student visa last week and was coming to the U.S. to begin studies when he was detained at the airport Sunday night. Lawyers seeking Deghani's release argued in court that Customs and Border Protection's actions were unlawful, that they were part of a broader additional scrutiny being applied to Iranian citizens, which violates the Constitution's Equal Protection Clause. The deportation occurred last night despite a district court in Massachusetts issuing an emergency stay on the deportation and scheduling a hearing for today. CBP just ignored it. And the judge at the hearing today dismissed the case, stating he doesn't have the authority to order CBP to return the kid. Degani's attorney said they plan to file an emergency motion with a different judge. According to recent reporting from The Guardian, this is part of a pattern. Since August, 10 Iranian students who were lawfully in the U.S. to study were sent back to Iran after traveling through a U.S. airport. Seven of them were traveling through Logan Airport. Earlier this month, Massachusetts Senator, presidential candidate, or primary candidate, Elizabeth Warren, wrote to CBP demanding answers on what's going on at Logan and if the agency has a new policy targeting Iranians. She requested a response by January 14th. The latest reporting is that CBP just ignored it. This is probably why we should just abolish the Department of Homeland Security instead of trying to big structural change it. We got to make a big structural daily the next Homeland Security (laughs) Secretary. (laughs) All right, that music means the newscast is over. Time to read some poetry for our new subscribers on Patreon, patreon.com slash District Sentinel. Five bucks a month, you get access to all the bonus content. You get the good feelings of helping support our little news co-op here in D.C. And you get your own haiku written for you and read on the air. This first one goes out to Adam. Strapping on some fine salamander suspenders for impeachment day. Thank you, Adam. This is for Dan G. Impeach Mojito. DC C-SPAN bar specials. My wife has left me. Thank you, Dan G. This one is for Bob. For those asking, no, it's not salamander skin. It's pictures of them. Thank you, Bob. Finally, this is for Brendan. New business idea. Some Constitution TP. Wipes and balances. Now that is a very good idea, actually, Sam Knight. Thank you, Brendan. 
Uh, we might have to uh, add this to our website. Yeah, when we end the show, we're going to dig a little deeper into this. Uh, maybe we're going to become millionaires off printing the Constitution on toilet paper. <laughs> uh, hey, we had a bunch of uh, subscribers over the weekend, so if you didn't hear your haiku on today's show, Max, Misty, Cadles, David, Matt, Nathan, Kevin, tune in for the rest of the newscasts this week, tomorrow, and Thursday. You'll probably hear it then. Before we go, let's check out the listener rant line. What's up, fellas? Uh, Keister here. We're all pretty pissed at uh, what Warren did, um, in my opinion, on purpose uh, to set up this uh, mess we are currently in. Uh, regardless, I do want to encourage everyone not to go after Warren viciously and fill in the good old narrative of us Bernie bros, you know, uncontrollable, you know, uh, sexist men who, you know, just don't think a woman can win the presidency. That's the narrative that her campaign and obviously mainstream media wants to run with. So just don't, you know, give in to the, to the narrative. Just continue on volunteering for Bernie, uh, giving to Bernie. Uh, it's now or never. And, uh, let's get it on. All right, fellas. Keep up the good work. Thanks for the call, Keister. And uh, I, I generally uh, agree with what Keister's saying, especially now that this whole thing between Warren and Sanders is old news <laughs> at this point. Um, probably not worth continuing to send snakes <laughs> to Elizabeth Warren, but uh, certainly at the time, I think it was worth ca- calling out her behavior. Yeah, it, it is old news. And... Uh... In, but I I do think that one can still confidently uh, criticize other candidates with a little bit of venom. But it's also good to just mind your p's and q's and pick your fights. And if it's some twenty follower uh, Elizabeth Warren fan from the you know what, who's like twenty two years old, maybe not a good idea. But I don't know. Maybe try to draw a bigger account into it with some with some clever with with some clever rhetorical slings. Yeah, and just to reiterate what I said earlier, I think uh, the Sanders campaign needs to begin viciously attacking the Joe Biden campaign on issues like Social Security, and as I noted on last week's show, perhaps in a more subtle way bring out the distinctions with the Warren campaign and how she voted for the USMCA, the trade agreement, Trump's trade deal. Trump's trade deal. How Warren supported it and Sanders did not. Yeah, and uh, Keister is absolutely right too. Volunteering with the campaign is easy and uh, you can sign up and and send texts for Bernie and do other things for him too. The rant line is 202-684-6108. Leave a message. We will play it on air. We are back tomorrow. We're here in D.C., so you don't have to be.